Hey, Cross Trainers, Donnie P here. Um, it's actually Monday the 3rd of October. It's a public holiday here in Australia. And, um, yeah, it's a beautiful day. I know I always say that, but yet again, here on the Gold Coast in Australia, it's uh, a fantastic day and we're enjoying the public holiday. So hope you're all well and enjoying your day or night wherever this may find you. So today... Uh, just wanted to talk about something I've been dwelling on, and that is, well, why do we walk by people that are injured or in wheelchairs or demonised um, if we believe that we have the answers? So I just wanted to come up with a few thoughts. Um, this isn't meant to condemn anyone because, uh, truth be known, I've done that very thing myself. But I think the time is coming where... Uh, we will stop and we will engage with people in those uh, predicaments and uh, we'll see the Spirit of God move. So here's just a few thoughts that I have in terms of why we walk by people that are injured or in wheelchairs or demonised. Well, the first thing is that we don't have any relationship or trust with them yet to speak into their lives and and that's entirely fair and reasonable. Um, A lot of us don't want to, well, you know, just jump on them and give them a dose of Jesus and, uh, you know, make them recall or anything like that. Um, There's got to be a, I don't know, a rational way to do it, a non-threatening way. Uh, With um, evangelism, often there's uh, feeding uh, events in the third world, like in India and other places. You know, uh, that can work equally well in the Western world. Uh, You know, going into an area and do a feeding event and um, when people have eaten, then you give them the gospel. But before doing that, you call people out and, um, you know, pray for them and, yeah, watch the Spirit of God move. So that's that's one way of doing it. Um, But another thing in terms of why we don't engage is that uh, we have a fear of, well, what happens if it doesn't work and how will we look? Um, well, the enemy plays on that and he uses that against us because at the root of that is fear and pride and neither of those things are, well, going to promote the move of the Spirit of God. So if the enemy can get us in fear and pride about how we're going to look and what if it doesn't work and all that sort of stuff, then we're going to be paralyzed by fear and we'll be equally paralyzed by pride. Um, And how do I know this? Well, because I've done these very things myself. I've walked by people that are obviously injured or in wheelchairs or whatever, uh, simply because Maybe at, at the time I had a low self-esteem, and, and that's another thing to bring up as well. Um, a low self-esteem will do that, and that is also not of God. Um, so if we don't uh, see ourselves as God sees us, then we are going to have fear, and we aren't going to do what God wants us to do. And, you know, it's up to us in the church to actually move and um yeah, to go and do what God wants us to do. But I'm sort of getting um, under the hood a little bit and unpacking why we don't do these things. So 
Yeah, it's it's all about uh, being out of relationship with God, not knowing who we are in Christ and not trusting what God said um, and what God says about us, you know, because if we know what God said for us to do, what he says about us and how he thinks about us, then we aren't going to have any fear and we aren't going to have any pride. We'll just uh, view ourselves as... Uh, uh, well, his uh, servants and the conduit through which he flows. And God has intentionally limited himself so that he only flows through humans on the earth here. He can perform miracles without humans, and sometimes he chooses to do that, um, you know, because, like, I'm not about to try and limit God in any way, but primarily he wants to flow through people because... Um, that was his uh, intention from the garden. Um, you know, so God has intentionally limited himself here on the earth uh, just simply so he can throw uh, flow through us as in believers in Jesus Christ and, um, yeah, perform his works. Um, so, yeah, it's quite interesting. So let's go to Proverbs twenty nine twenty five because I don't want to, you know, talk to you without giving you scriptures because that's pretty weird. I mean, if I'm going to talk to you, it's got to obviously have um, biblical backing. Otherwise, it's a total waste of time. So Proverbs 29, verse 25, I'm reading from the Amplified, classic Amplified yet again. It says, the fear of man brings a snare. Well, some of those snares are fear and pride and low self-esteem. Um, uh, but yeah, the the fear of man has those uh, offshoots that I mentioned. So the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on trust in and puts his confidence in the Lord, his or her confidence in the Lord, is safe and set on high. So... Um, if we're out there doing the will of God, then he's going to back us up uh, purely and simply. Um, and if we, we're afraid of stuff, then we aren't going to be in his will because we'll be paralyzed. But if we are flowing in the will of God and we're putting our confidence and trust in him, we're leaning on him and relying on him, uh, then we'll, we'll be seated on high. So... Yeah, it's a good scripture, that one. Every scripture is good <laughs> for that matter. So, yeah, we've got to trust in God. So another reason why we just walk by people is that we don't have the relationship with God and so we aren't truly believing his word or, yeah, we, we're ignorant of what his word says. Um, so I'm going to go to Revelation 3 verse 20. Um Again, from the classic Amplified, you'd be hearing me turning the pages here manually rather than being on a device. So, Revelation 3, verse 20. Um, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. And I'll actually read verse 21. It says, He who overcomes is victorious. I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I sat, yeah, as I myself overcame, was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. 
Um, so those things go together quite well, which is why obviously they follow, <laughs> they follow each other in scripture. But yeah, Jesus is saying, look, he's, he's right there. Um, so if you're listening to his voice, if you're heeding what he's saying and you've decided to open the door and that's your choice, you, you personally have to decide to open the door to Jesus so he can come in. Well, he says that he will come in and he'll eat with us. Um, so back in biblical days, uh, there was always a controversy because Jesus went and sat down and ate with tax collectors and other quote-unquote sinners and the Pharisees were really um, affronted and uh, offended by a rabbi uh, eating with quote-unquote sinners. Well, I mean, uh, we are no longer sinners because we're reconciled uh, to Christ through his death on the cross. So our sin identity is now gone and we now are new creatures in Christ. But um, yeah, if we listen to God and we are intentional about being in relationship with him, he says that he will come in once we open the door of our lives and he will eat with us, meaning he's going to spend time with us. He'll get to know us. He'll converse with us and he'll share with us. So what a great thing. Um, so let's open the door. Let's invite him in. Let's eat with him and let's get to know him. Um, it's really critical because that's a um, an antidote to, you know, uh, to just letting people walk past us and um, doing nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, it doesn't have to be a physical ailment. It can be someone with depression, anxiety, nervous tension, stress, whatever it may be. Uh, it can be a spiritual condition. It can be someone that's obviously demonized or even not obviously demonized. But, you know, we're God's uh, servants here on, on this earth. And so we've got to step it up a bit in these, the end times. So one thing that we have to realize is that the enemy's out there trying to get our uh, attention off God and get our focus off God and trying to give us his perverted twisted identity rather than uh, you know us taking on the identity that Christ died to give us so the enemy's always out there uh, yeah trying to be noticed trying to be listened to and trying to get us to take his identity which is a, a perverted fallen twisted weird gnarled identity which leads to death but Let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 2 um, on that note. So flicking through again, you'd hear me doing that. So Ephesians 2 and verse 2. Um, actually, I'll start it at verse 1, the start of the chapter. So it says, and you, you can put your name there, um, and you he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins, in which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. I'll read verse 3. 
among these we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behaviour governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings, which were seen, oh, sorry, uh, we were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. Um, and yeah, I'll go with verse 4, but God, so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love which he had loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive, together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace his favour and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. So, what an amazing thing. But uh, verse 2 talks about the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's, uh, you know, the the demon spirit that's working in all those people. Um, You know, the sons of disobedience, the the careless, the rebellious, the unbelieving, uh, who go against the purposes of God. You know, these are intentional things that people are doing. Uh, Like Romans 1 says that, People knew who God was and is, yet refused to acknowledge him as God, and as a result of that, became corrupt in their reasonings and perverted, and their uh, foolish minds were, were darkened. You know, So when we rebel against God, we open ourselves up uh, to a whole can of worms, which leads to death. So... Yeah, a a mind not surrendered to God is going to live in fear and pride um, and vice versa. So, but I'm I'm unpacking why we walk by people. But the 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 time is coming when the servants of God uh, will do what happened in the early New Testament times, where even our shadows will heal people. Um, you know, like. God says to lay hands upon the sick and expect them to uh, recover. So the time is coming where we'll do that. You know, and the enemy is always going, oh, who do you think you are? Well, you know, to do those things and he's trying to guilt trip us and give us fear and pride and all of that. Well, we are who Christ said we are. And Jesus said that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. So it's all about having our identity Um, in alignment with the word of God because when we have our identity in alignment with the word of God and when we believe what God said about us and what he still says about us um, then we'll do what he says we can do and we'll live how he says we can live Um, you know and we won't be surrendered to fear and pride and doubt and torment and uh, yeah the the fear of man and things like that. Um, yeah, so uh, just reading some of my notes here. Um, yeah, so we've got to believe that the Holy Spirit lives in us uh, when and when we go somewhere, the Father, Son and Spirit are there 
we are actually in the majority because they travel with us. So where atmosphere changes, just as a thermostat changes the temperature uh, in an environment uh, that's air-conditioned, so do we when we turn up. We change the atmosphere. We're God's thermostat. Uh, We regulate the, the temperature and we... Uh, change conditions in in the spirit when we turn up because the spirit of God lives in us and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world and uh, that leads me on to John fourteen twelve. Um, I know it off by heart but I'll read it out of the Amplified uh, it's one of my favorite scriptures of all time um, I just love it because I, I think that this is the theme uh, for the New Testament church, for the, the, the church of the end times. Um, okay, so John fourteen twelve it says, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these, because I go to my Father or to the Father. Um, so... Yeah, if we believe steadfastly in Jesus, um, we'll be able to do the things that he did and even greater things. And I've, I've been thinking about this a lot and I've referred to it in prior podcasts. Um, I mean, Jesus is greater than us. Um, so how can we do things greater than him? Well, in my mind, it just means that we'll do more of what he did more often and in that sense it'll be greater um so let's go out and do what we should be doing um you know so we can lay hands upon the sick and expect them to recover we can cast out demons preach the gospel raise the the dead um do all these things um yeah greater things than that we'll do than jesus did because he went to the father as i just said so um mark five um if you read that um it's all about the healing of jesus uh you know various aspects of um the demoniac uh that had a legion of demons in himself um he was into self-harm. He was hanging out in the tombs and cutting himself. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, anyone that is cutting themselves, um, hurting themselves like that, is under demonic oppression. It's definitely a sign of the evil one. Um, anyone that's doing self-harm um, is definitely under the oppression of the enemy. And so we have the answers to this uh, nonsense. And unfortunately, it's very prevalent in this day and age, particularly with young people. Um, So, yeah, we we might actually go there. Uh, Mark 5. Um, Let's go over and have a look. Okay, Mark 5, again from the classic Amplified. I'm not going to read all of it, um, even though it's it's very tempting to. Um, This is the the story of the demoniac uh, that Jesus encountered. Um, And remember, we can take authority over demons. um, And quite frankly, we we should be because, I mean, I I don't go looking for it, but sometimes it finds me. And when it does, well, 
let's do what Jesus did and just take authority over it and watch the enemy flee. He always does. But he often creates a scene before he does, as you'll see here. So Mark chapter 5, it says, They came to the other side of the sea to the region of uh, Gerasenes. And as soon as he got out of the boat, wow, literally as soon as he got out of the boat, they met him out of the tombs. Um, so this guy's hanging out, you know, he was spiritually dead and he was hanging out with physically dead people. Um, yeah, literally as soon as Jesus got out of the tombs, a man under the power of of an unclean spirit, this man continually lived among the tombs and no one could subdue him anymore, even with a chain for he had been bound often with shackles for the feet and handcuffs, but the handcuffs of light chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he rubbed and ground together and broke in pieces, and no one had strength enough to restrain or tame him, so he, he was quite wild. And demonized people are very strong and very wild. Um, ask any mental health nurse and they'll tell you. Um, Verse 5, day and night among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always shrieking and screaming. See, these people are tormented. Demonized people need the children of God to go and minister to them to set them free because being under that sort of oppression is is a living hell. It's it's literally hell on earth and it's just the worst thing. Um, and that's why they scream and shriek. Uh, so... This person was always shrieking and screaming and beating and bruising and cutting himself with stones. Um, you know, and these um, characteristics are often found in quote-unquote depressed or, yeah, people like that with anxiety. But, yeah, uh, people that are cutting themselves with stones or anything else, it's absolutely a sign of demonic oppression and we can get involved and order the enemy out. Um Verse 6, and when from a distance he saw Jesus, he ran and fell on his knees before him in homage. So demons know and recognize who Jesus is and who we are. Uh, They may not come running when we turn up, but the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, uh, when he turned up, uh, the the fallen angels, a.k.a. demons, recognized him and went and worshipped him. Um, but the same spirit that lived in Jesus lives in us. So, uh, yeah, we can take authority over them. And verse 7, the demons cried out with a loud voice and said to Jesus, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? What is there in common between us? Well, nothing. Um, uh, Yeah, I solemnly implore you by God, do not begin to torment me. So there's a chief demon speaking on behalf of the rest of them. Um, But they know what's what. They know that Jesus has the power over them. And if you read Jude, um, it says what happens to sinning angels. They get cast into a pit. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them that are incarcerated there. And that's something that they fear. They just don't want to go there and get locked up. Um, Verse 8, for Jesus was commanding, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Uh, Well, that's the best response that you should have when demons talk to you, and quite often they will. Uh, Just ignore them. They have nothing to say. They can't speak truth. They're only ever going to speak lies because they're in association with the father of lies. 
and they have nothing of any value to listen to. So shut them down and order them out, just like Jesus did there. Um, you know, so don't even talk to them. Even though in verse 9, Jesus did speak to them because he said, well, what's your name? And uh, the chief demon replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. Well, in a Roman legion, there was between four to 5,000 uh, soldiers. So I don't know if there were that many demons in this guy, but there was certainly a lot. Um, and verse 10, and he kept begging him urgently not to send, send uh, them and the other demons away out of that region. Um, and there was a great herd of hogs grazing on the hillside, verse 11. And the demons begged him, saying, send us to the hogs that we may go into them. And Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out of the man and entered the hogs and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed headlong down the slope into the sea and were drowned. And it goes on from there. But um, here's an interesting thing. Uh, just as God limited himself to flow through humans, um, the enemy also uh, needs to flow through humans to achieve his perverted outcomes. Um, you know, and uh, pigs in this example uh, were in a better position than the demons uh, because when they were cast out of the man, they were without a home and they needed somewhere to go into. So they they, they need a body to hijack. And so... They got permission to hijack the pigs. And even though there was only 2,000 pigs, possibly there was more demons. Uh, but who who knows? It's not important. Um, but yeah, they, they seek to have a body. And this is interesting too, because demons uh, can inhabit animals, um, you know, based on what happened here. Uh, but the whole thrust of, of the story is that we have authority over over demons, um, over sickness and disease. Um, you know, but the, the rest of the chapter talks about the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus' daughter and what happened there and just the absolute authority that Jesus displayed um, in all, all the healing cases. Um, Jesus went about healing uh, saving, delivering, setting free, making whole. Um, yeah, he came to rescue uh, those that that are lost. Um, you know, and just as the Pharisees said to him, well, what are you uh, eating with sinners for? Well, Jesus said to him, well, uh, you know, uh, the righteous have no need of a physician, but the, the sick need a doctor. And that's what he was doing. Um, you know, he was going to the to the marginalised, the downtrodden, the uh, rejected, the uh, the people that had been labelled and vilified and ostracised. Um, they're the very people that Jesus often uses: criminals, drug addicts, all sorts. Um, you know, God sees uh, the heart of people; He doesn't judge on the outside like man does. Um, so. Yeah, getting back to what I was saying, demons can often and will often create a scene and, and a drama uh, when they're getting cast out. But just keep moving, keep going, command them to come out, don't talk to them. Um, we don't really have to know their name, it doesn't matter. There's no point uh, for us to ask them. I mean, Jesus had a point there because um, he's the author of scripture and he can do whatever he likes, but there's no value in us asking demons their name, just order them out um, and they will obey you. Um, you know, if 
we're in a solid relationship with God. Uh, yeah, if we're not in active sin, they will come out and they will obey. Um, you know, but you've, you've got to have, yeah, you've, you've got to be in a solid relationship with God and know uh, what God says about you and, and not give the enemy any power that he's not meant to have. The enemy is a defeated foe. Jesus put him to an open shame and defeated him a hundred percent. He got thrown out of heaven and um, he lost his title as um, archangel, um, as Lucifer, and he got cast down to the earth. Um, so he's a spiritual nobody. All he's got is a mouth and lies and deception and smoke and mirrors. And he's he's a spiritual nobody. But yeah, he, he lost the battle against Jesus. And yeah, there's, there's no coming back from that. But now he's on the earth and he's fighting us. Um, so we should not be ignorant of his devices and we've got to know how to handle him. And one major thing that we can do is being close to God, knowing the word, reading the word, speaking the word, living the word, worshipping God, being in solid relationship with him. And if and when we come across demonized people, well, just take authority over the situation and the enemies will flee. Uh, quite often they'll actually flee before you get there because if they know that you know what they're doing and what their modus operandi is, they'll often leave without any fight at all. I mean, I've had demons manifest and say things to me and stuff like that, but yeah, just order them out in the name of Jesus and, and they will flee. So yeah, it's all about being in a relationship with God, um, you know, and being submitted to him. Um, so yeah, I'm just reading the rest of my notes here, uh, just in terms of what else I can tell you about the, the topic that we're talking about. Um, well, yeah, I'd, I'd say to you, read uh, the rest of Mark 5. Um, it's really quite interesting in terms of, um, you know, the various things that are covered off with uh, Jairus's daughter and the woman with the issue of blood and the dynamics of, of what happened there and so forth. Um, yeah, um, one thing of particular interest in Mark 5 was um, Jesus limited the amount of people that he took with him into the environment of the miracle. And this is really important. It's a very significant thing because if there's a lot of scoffers and unbelievers there, they can impact the uh, the uh, atmosphere of belief. Um, so this is exactly why Jesus got, uh, uh, yeah, only took a few people with him and um, yeah, so he had uh, Peter, James and John and the parents and himself in the room with the girl. And Jesus said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means I say to you, little girl, arise in the language of the day. And she got up and was resurrected and the crowd were absolutely astonished. And so in verse 43, I can tell you this, that when you raise the uh, dead, and I say when, not if, but when you and I raise the dead, that will be enough revival uh, that we could handle. I mean, people will come running. They will be astounded like they were in uh, verse 43 of Mark 5. Um, so, yeah, um, let's go over to Matthew 28, 19. Um, well, 
18 and 19 because this is our marching orders. This is um, what uh, what Jesus has said to us and what he expects of us. Um, so I'm flicking through here. Uh, in the classic Amplified, um, <coughs> excuse me, yeah, so um, here we are. Matthew 28, verse 18 from the classic Amplified. Jesus approached and breaking the silence, this is when he was resurrected, and said to them, all authority, all power and rule in heaven on and on earth has been given to me. So not some authority, not a little bit, all authority, all power to rule in heaven and on earth has been given uh, by the Father to Jesus. And... Um, reason why Jesus said that is so we know that he has total authority over everything and we don't have to bother about any authority that the enemy has, which is basically our authority that he usurped from Adam and Eve in the garden when they rebelled against God. But that's a whole nother subject. But yeah, just realize that all authority has been given to Jesus in uh, heaven and on earth. Um, yeah, so verse 19, this is what Jesus was saying. Um, he says, go then and make disciples of all nations, <coughs> excuse me, um, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, the three personages of the Godhead. Um, verse 20, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you all the days now, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion to the very close and consummation of this age or of the age. Amen. So let it be, said Jesus. So um, that's our spiritual marching orders. Uh, you know, given that all authority uh, on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, he, he told us to go and baptize people uh, into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all things that he has commanded us. And he said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, you know, so we, we can trust God. Um, so what I'd say to you is, um, in terms of, okay, walking by people, well, I'm, I'm not saying we should stop every single person, but... Um, there's been times when I've walked by people and I, I felt in my spirit that I should have stopped and I should have prayed for them or done something, you know, and it might seem a little bit weird. It might be hard to, you know, to do it first, but we've got to be emboldened. You know, the reason why this world is in such a mess right now is because the church has been silent. And if we get out of the boat and we get uncomfortable and um, we're prepared to look foolish because... You know, not everyone that we minister to will be healed for whatever reason, and that's a whole nother subject on its on its own. But don't let that put you off. Don't let it stop you ministering to people. Just get out there and do it, and uh, develop more confidence, more faith, more trust. Because um, I can tell you, when you see miracles happen, as I have, it just gives you such a buzz. You know, to know that Jesus used you to do it and uh, someone's life has been permanently changed as a result of it. And um, it's something that can never be taken away from the person, um, you know, because 
when you have an experience with the living God, it it changes your your whole outlook. It changes your life in every way because you know that God is real, and it's it's not just words or some quote unquote minister speaking at you. It's the living God that has uh, come into your realm and has demonstrated to you that He cares about you enough to deliver healing um, through the human instrument that happened to be there. So. We need to be emboldened. These are the last days. There's some wicked things happening in this earth, and we are the answer to the wickedness. Um, so it's time we took the territory back. The enemy's had it too good for too long. We need to kick him in the guts and uh, kick him when he's down, because he is down. He's a loser. He knows he's a loser, and all he's got is smoke and mirrors. And um, when... We walk in the fullness of the victory that Christ died to give us. And when we take on the identity that Christ died to give us, according to what the word says about us, the enemy just will not matter. He, he doesn't matter now. Um, uh, you know, but don't, don't be afraid of him. Uh, we should fear God, not him. Um, so the antidote to all of this stuff is get into the word. Uh, read the promises of God, uh, understand what Christ says about you, speak the promises of God over yourself, even in the mirror, not to be on some ego trip, but when you hear yourself say things about yourself, um, like for instance, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who, who loves me, um, or I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm the head and, and, and not the tail. Um, you know, just re repeat these promises that, that God says to us um, to get our spiritual identity on the inside of us and hear ourselves speak those words and believe those words, see ourselves as Christ sees us and do what he said we can do. And when we start doing that, the enemy is just going to freak out. He's just going to be an absolute mess. Um, one thing we know is that his time is short. Things are really heating up here on the earth. Um, all you have to do is look around. Not that I follow the news or anything. I watch a bit of YouTube. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just sick of the perverted nonsense that happens on regular TV. It's just lies. It's just, it's, it's, it's like inviting Satan to come into your house and vomit on your floor. Um, the, the more you tolerate that crap, uh, the worse you'll be. Um, so I'd encourage you to, uh, yeah, just drop TV, uh, maybe not entirely, but really limit what comes into your home. Um, yeah, be intentional about what you listen to, uh, the, the songs that you, you listen to, the words you speak. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this to myself. Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've just got to be more intentional. We've, we've got to do better. Um, but Christ is there beside us to encourage us. And what he's waiting for is a church that believes him, uh, and what he did and, uh, believes in the power that he died to give us. So I'd encourage you to do that. So, um, go out and, um, let signs, wonders, and miracles follow you because you are a believer. Um, yeah, get into the word. Know who you are in Christ. Invite Jesus into your heart and into your life. 
invite him to dine with you and your your life will change it'll it'll be amazing i love to hear some testimonies from you so um yeah uh, just message me through the app and uh yeah i look forward to that so be blessed have a great week and i'll talk to you next week bye for now